Welcome to Rebecca Neal, the podcast where I, Rebecca, your host, share thought-provoking episodes with you to help you take your life from where it is now to where you want it to be. I have a huge desire and passion to help people just like you get out of their own way and start living the life that they deserve. I'm here to help you feel empowered, educated, and inspired to get into massive action and create change in your life today. Join me weekly as I share insights into the online business world, social media, and many other motivational topics, and also interview some of the world's most incredible humans to help you become the best version of yourself. Hello and welcome back to Rebecca Neal, the podcast. Today's beautiful guest is Rebecca Miller. She has been an authentic leader in the beauty skin laser industry for over 25 years. However, her enthusiasm is not only limited to health and beauty. Rebecca strives to strengthen the service she provides by being an active guide and an inspiring mentor for her team, clients, and other clinic owners. Rebecca's purpose is to empower women to feel confident and educate them to love the skin that they're in. This provides the foundation of her practice. Rebecca's contagious think big attitude accompanied by her down-to-earth personality has propelled her inspiring journey of leadership that she has undertaken since the humble beginnings of her businesses. The winner of countless awards, including Australian Clinic of the Year and Business Leader of the Year at last year's ABA ABIA Awards. Rebecca is an engaging and entertaining speaker from speaking on stage to hundreds of business owners, not just in the beauty industry, but through her work with Cohen Ray's K2 Summit to hosting the Living Your Best Life podcast to facilitating planning and personal development workshops for her industry colleagues. Rebecca focuses on impact delivering massive value. And I know today she is going to do just that. So welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Wow, that was a that was an amazing intro. Thank you, Beck. <laughs> I always love like doing an intro for people, and I always make a point of reading a bio because I think too often we don't actually recognize what we've achieved, or we don't hear it as a whole. So it's so nice to be like, "Wow, that's actually me." <laughs> I liked it. I liked it, and you read it so well. Thank you. <laughs> That's awesome. So the first question I always ask my guests is, do you drink coffee? And if so, how do you enjoy it in the morning? Oh, gosh. I used to uh, have a piccolo, an almond milk piccolo, but I've actually gone to long blacks um, just recently. The piccolos are probably a little bit nicer, but, yes, I do have a coffee in the morning. I really like it. At the moment I'm trying to limit, obviously, my coffee intake uh, purely for just, you know, because I'm getting ready for my rum. Um, but yes, I love a coffee. It is one of my simple pleasures in life. I think like most people, I know you love a coffee. Um, So yeah, I would say a piccolo or a long black would be my, it's nothing too extraordinary. Yeah, I love that. I'm all about the ice long black. So I feel you with the blacks. (laughs) So you are definitely a woman of many talents as we just discovered in your bio. Where did it even begin? Like what, where did it all start? What's the journey? I want to leave it up to you. Tell us a little bit more about, I guess, what you do or how you work with people and what you love about what you do. Yeah. So I guess if I had to really think about it, you know, school probably wasn't my thing as far as academically went. I didn't love, you know, the constraints of 
you know, a school. Uh, but yet it's really funny when I went to college, I excelled uh, because it was something that I really loved. And it, but it wasn't even the work that I was doing, but it was more the way that I made people feel when I went to community college. Um, and I think that was something that, uh, you know, really kick-started something, started the fire in my belly, I guess. Mm-hmm. I do come from an entrepreneurial family, but obviously the entrepreneurial way back in the day for me was seeing my parents work really long hours and, um, you know, for me I knew that that wasn't what I wanted. Uh, I didn't want to be a slave to my businesses. Um, but, yeah, so it was basically back you know, how I made people feel um, and it's just been a massive, like when I think back, I've been in the beauty industry actually for 27 years. Gosh, really showing my age there, Beth. <laughs> um, and so I went to college and then I, you know, opened a business, you know, really young and had no idea. I think I was 19. Um, I was great at my craft, uh, but I learned very quickly there was more to business than just being great at my craft. So I had to... Uh, thrown myself into learning so many different things and the many hats. Now, back in my day, there wasn't the internet. There wasn't, you know, we still had the phone on the wall um, and it definitely wasn't like what it is today with the resources that we have. Um, And I didn't really have any mentors as well. So a lot of it was, you know, trial and error, lots lots of lessons learned. Um, I didn't know how to inspire a team or market a business or anything like that. Back in my day, it was putting something in the local paper. I am a country girl from a small country town. Love it. Parks. Um, and I guess, you know, when I look, sit back and think about the journey, it's pretty, pretty remarkable. I started out on my own um, and then, you know, I, I expanded into three beauty businesses with 24 girls that work for me. I've travelled the world. I've done so many things. I'm very blessed. But I just always, the thing that that drove me was, you know, really wanting to impact other people's lives and to be able to make them feel not just good, um, you know, to actually, you know, that we could help them when they left our clinics, that they actually felt like a new person and that they could, you know, go into their lives and be able to impact other people because of the way we've made them feel. So I guess that's sort of where it all sort of starts. Um, And I guess then the journey then into my own personal development, um, you know, becoming a mum, which is probably the biggest and the best thing that's, you know, my greatest achievement are my three children, uh, Lachlan, Toby and Isabella. And, um, you know, they've taught me so much and I think that's when you have children, they're definitely the biggest teachers that you have. Um, And I just wanted to be a really good role model for them and for them to see their mum really have a go and to be able to teach them things that, you know, our parents did the best that they could with what they knew at the time, but I don't think they have the resources like we actually have at our fingertips now, which is 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 absolutely amazing. So, yeah, it's been a, a big journey and, and, you know, it's taken me into now coaching, obviously, uh, for Kerwin and, and obviously uh, salon owners, which I'm really, really enjoying that I can now share and help other business owners, um, you know, with the things that I guess I struggle with is the things that I see that they struggle with that I can help them find a way, um, you know, for those kind of things that are cropping up for them now and to be able to try and make their journey a little bit easier, I guess, and to be able to empower them to, to really know that everything that they need is inside them and, you know, that they can have anything that they desire 
um, you know, and, and, you know, just to be able to really empower them to have, you know, to, to think that way. Yeah, I love that. And I love what you shared about school because I definitely can resonate. And I know a lot of entrepreneurs that feel the same way because the school system isn't for everyone. And I think it's very outdated as well. And I'm thinking about this sort of stuff going into my future, you know, eventually having kids of my own. And I don't know if it really fits into the world that we're in almost now, because when I, all I wanted to do was leave school and do design and study what I was really passionate about and what I'm really good at now. So it's definitely interesting. Yeah, and I know even with our kids, like, you know, when they want to stay home or, you know, like there's an assignment that I just look at it and think, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that they've still got to do this kind of work. Like, for me, I think schooling needs to be more about feelings, um, you know, but also life skills, like how do you how do you budget your money and, you know, all those kind of things that we just we have to fumble our way through once we supposedly become adults, um, my kids, you know, I know they're going to be fine. So whether they do well at school or they don't, it doesn't matter because I know they're going to be fine and eventually all the great things that they see from my husband and I will kick in mm. and they, they'll get that, that drive themselves, you know. They've got to be teenagers. They've got to be kids. They've got to make mistakes. Totally, absolutely. Um, yeah, so it's 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 funny watching them come through now. Do we get a little bit worried? Yes, God, our kids make mistakes and, you know, we're there to, we, we, we really try and have really open dialogue with our kids and I think that's really important as well. Mm, and it's like that whole conscious parenting, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I'm conscious, don't worry. <laughs> and then you have to go, and like I literally... I don't like to yell at my kids or, you know, I did parents so differently to what my parents did and, you know, I'm very easy, I easily can go and say sorry when I've, you know, maybe yelled or, you know, I'm not stubborn and, you know, we talk about ego and gratitude and all those things that weren't these things that I've even heard of. And that's what I'm like, I'm really excited about going into that chapter and having kids and being able to teach them different things. And like you shared, our parents did the best they could with what they knew. And I'm so grateful for the experiences and growing up the way I did. However, we have so many more tools and resources and understandings now. And I'm excited for the assignment of children, I like to say, (laughs) to challenge you. They're there definitely to teach us many, many things. It's all that will always show you the inner work that you still need to do. It's really beautiful. So then what is it that, I guess, prompted you to get into personal development? Was there like some part of your journey where you were like, I need to look closer at this sort of stuff? Or was there someone like a, someone that pointed you in that direction or gave you a book or like, where did it begin? I've had a couple of big things that have happened. I had a brother that passed away when I was 19 um, and, you know, like I still, you know, function through life, but it was very, it was very much a struggle. I was, I can't become quite destructive with alcohol. Um, you know, it's a lot of, it is sort of a, a you know, a coping mechanism. And I, I know a lot of people it's ha- you know, that it happens to, um, and just felt really, I guess, deep, deeply unhappy. Um, I didn't know how to tell anybody or get the help that I needed. Um, we didn't get any. Um, we didn't get any counselling or anything like that. It was just sort of get on with it. Um, it's a massive thing, and when you lose somebody and that has such a big impact in your family, um, 
it's it's just a really big thing to try and deal with and I just didn't know how to deal with it and how did I deal with it would be I would function extremely well Monday to Friday and then I would you know use alcohol to numb the pain on the weekends and um, that went on for a long time but I just knew that there had to be something more that I wasn't feeling fulfilled even though I'd done extremely well in business I just knew there was more out there and that I could contribute more that I could be better that I could, you know, that that this wasn't as good as it got. So I went my first, I went to a Tony Robbins. I think yes. that's everybody's <laughs> story, isn't it? And it's really funny because I saw him advertising his cassettes on TV. That's how, you know, he's been around for a long time. Um, but when I went to go to that live concert, uh, live um, seminar, it really was a game changer and I started to look at the world differently and um, and that's where it all began for me and, you know, and that just started making me curious, um, you know, reading more books, um, you know, really looking at who I was spending my time with as well um, and, you know, as I said, I'm from a small country town so for me I don't really have any mentors here. Um, you know, I've got great parents, don't get me wrong, and I've got a great family but there isn't anyone that I could call upon and go, hey, what do you think about this? So I've had to learn a lot of things myself, how to be uh, financially secure, um, even though I've come from a family that has, you know, my dad come from nothing and has been a self-made, uh, you know, entrepreneur, has done extremely well, but it wasn't something that he taught taught me, even though he'd, he'd, he'd done it himself. He always says now, I wish I had have actually been able to have more conversations about it. But I said, it's okay, Dad, we have the conversations now. It's great. And you've still got grandkids, you know. My son's just gone to work for my dad. Um, so all those kind of things, um, you know, really come from me just being curious that I really wanted to be a better person. Basically, that's what it came down to. I didn't want to be struggling and numbing pain with alcohol and, um, you know, I just I just wanted to be better. I wanted to be healthier. I wanted to feel good. Yeah, I love that. I wanted to be happy. Yeah. And so I had to go on a journey of what did happiness actually mean to me? What were the things that actually made me happy? I think as human beings, sometimes we don't even know who we are. And, uh, you know, and to actually sit down and have some quiet time. I'm somebody that's probably stayed extremely busy and that's another coping mechanism and so I didn't have to deal with things that were happening. And I've had quite a few big things that have happened that have, you know, really de- derailed me, I guess, um, and, you know, but really they've, they've been the biggest opportunities and the biggest, yeah, for, for growth. So, yeah, so the good old Tony Robbins uh, seminar, it changed my life and, you know, that's where it all started for me and I haven't stopped and I still do lots of personal development work, um, you know, with different people and I've got coaches and always have mentors and support people that are around me. I mean, I had a healing session by uh, even uh, yesterday morning at 6am for some quantum healers and I don't know if you know Pauline New. She's absolutely amazing woman and one of her books is uh, just amazing. But anyway, I've met her at a seminar and she, out of the kindness of her heart, had a group that actually did a healing session on me yesterday morning because I've had a few niggles getting ready for this run and just amazing like just to think that people do this yeah um, just to help and to help to help me be better 
it's just amazing and somehow I'll be able to repay that favour back to somebody else because it is it all works out doesn't it totally it's that give and take for sure and I think that's an energetic thing as well sometimes we don't even realize that we're giving back in other ways because of something back here I love that though Tony Robbins I always say is the godfather of personal development for sure but for me my journey started when I was um I got handed a seek the secret on cd and so I was a bit further along than the cassette, but I would run around with my discman around the streets listening to this stuff. I think I was 19 when I first listened to that. But then Tony Robbins was definitely a big part of my journey and my when I was a fitness model, that's who I sort of looked to for that empowerment and that growth as well. So he really is someone that truly is an icon and someone that teaches and lives and breathes what he is about. So it's really cool. So would you say that... Um, Women's empowerment, I'm, I'm assuming, is pretty big deal for you or something you're really passionate about. And I definitely am passionate about facilitating this in other women and bringing out that greatness. And I think you just mentioned that before. What does that look like to you? Like, what does women's empowerment mean? I mean, it was International Women's Day this week. So does that have a special meaning to you? Oh, 100%. So for me, I think every woman has, uh, has magic inside her and sometimes... Uh, they don't, most women have no idea that that's even inside of them. So if you can somehow help them see that or reveal it, um, you know, it's it's something that really, like I know even with my team, you know, confidence and fear and all those things that are just embedded into us or the stories that we've created or been passed on to us from, you know, our, our parents or, you know, special people in our lives from when we were younger, is being able to actually unpack all those kind of things or the blueprints that we have and see that there is, you know, a lot of the, the things that are holding us back are not really true, that we've actually, you know, made it up or for them to see that there's another way and that they do have a, you know, so much magic inside of them that we are so, we're, we're we're capable of so much more and, you know, just to be able to give people, you know, that to get them to start to think and be curious of, oh, what else is out there for me or what else, how else can I, you know, really show up in this human experience, I guess, um, is something. But International Women's Day for me, I lost my mother-in-law last week, who would I would have to say would be probably the, you know, she was a rough diamond. She was a mad bagger. Um but the love that she had for my children was something that I can't even, I, you know, we spoke before we started the interview. It was something that I, I've never experienced. And I remember through the week my dad saying, you know, even in all my experience, I've never seen anyone like Nathan's mum, like my mother-in-law, the love that she had for her children and grandchildren. We always knew we came first. That's and, nice. you know, and she's a rough old diamond. She's, you know... Um, all she did was just be there for her family. So everyone's is individual. What what might be my special little bit of magic is different to somebody else's. And what it is is finding out what your little piece of magic is, and 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 to you know the women to to be able to explore that and know and and to to really have their journey. I guess is something that I really love to empower women with. Yeah, I love that. And I've always said that one of my jobs on this earth is to pull the greatness, rip the greatness out of women, you know, because it's all in there. We all have it. And it's really, and I talked about this on International Women's Day, it's not about being better than men or 
being equal or taking over the world instead of men. It's really about how can we coexist beautifully in that dance of the masculine and feminine and being a woman and a man and doing our, you know, our greatness and our purpose, whatever that looks like and really existing together. That's how I see women's empowerment. It's really raising yourself and standards on, you know, being that high value woman and being all of who you're meant to be alongside men. I don't know how you feel about that as well. And I think too, for me, like once I've become really, you know, things like values and purpose and, you know, all those things, I'd never heard of anything, all the, any of those words, you know, back in the day. Um, but once I truly, you know, understood uh, what I stood for, uh, what I was put on this earth to do, that was when truly everything changed for me. Like I literally, you see the world completely differently. Like, and it's just amazing. And 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 for us to think, who is the human being that we need to become for us to have the greatest impact, to be able to influence, uh, and it might only be our children or it might only be our, you know, it doesn't have to, you don't have to be changing, you know, Mother Teresa. You can be doing something so little that has such big impact, Um and and that's and that's the thing that people need to know that in everyone is different. But for me, um, yeah, I just think that yeah, women and men, I love it because <laughs> we are different energies. And I know for me, I've had to do a lot of work on my feminine energy because I potentially can show up quite masculine um, and a bit bossy, and you know all <laughs> those kind of things. Um, so they actually even understand that part of it is 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 huge. But, um, you know, I think women are the most powerful creatures in the universe. I really, really do. We get to have babies. Um, you know, you know, th- there's so many gifts in us and, you know, and, you know, to be able to really be able to even have great relationships. A lot of people are in relationships that are awful and, you know, that they stay in them for the wrong reasons. And I just, I know for myself there's no way that I could, you know, be with my husband if I wasn't 100% truly happy. So, um, you know, even that can be the greatest gifts that women realise that maybe they're in a relationship they shouldn't be in, that they deserve more, mm-hmm. that they Both deserve them. more. And um, sometimes that's the big thing that you can empower them with. There's so yeah. many things. It's that like unleashing their truest potential and unleashing their greatness and opening them up to what's possible as well, you know, and, I've definitely, I'll put my hand up. I've been in relationships that don't serve me, but greatest lessons and, you know, assignments. However, when you find someone that you truly align with that brings out the best in you that you can create magic with, you realize why you didn't want to stay over there, you know? like, And so it's really recognizing that and, and working through those blocks. So would you say, I mean, unleashing your potential or finding your purpose, how does someone do that? Like what if there's someone listening, I know there's a lot of women that listen to this podcast and they're like, oh, but I don't even know what my purpose is. Like where does someone start? Mm, And that's a really big one too. For me, you know, Akuwin introduced me to, you know, really looking at that part of my life. Um, And it took me a little while to actually understand the concept of it all and what it actually truly meant. Um, And... You know, and for it to be able to play out in my business as well. And I know when I sort of started to think about my purpose, I was like, oh, gosh, well, you know, those stories come back in. Mm-hmm. Who actually wants to listen to me? 
Um, what have I got that's good inside of me that I can share with the world? That's what you, those stories start to come back in and sneak back into. And then it's when you realise, well, actually what we do, we change lives in our business. And, and we see, you know, our, our mission in my Labella Clinics is that we treat, we want to treat and inspire one million uh, women by 2025 and you know we're really on track for that whether it be through our social media platforms whether it be our physical touch in the clinic um, whatever listen to our podcast it's giving information that's actually serving other people to help them sort of start to think about their life and and where do you start we just start I think the biggest thing is taking some time and I think we're so busy sometimes that we actually don't get to sit and just reflect and and feel what we need to feel. Um, and how do I actually feel today? What's coming up for me? Um, you know, I, I struggled with that for a long time and, and I know when I get stressed or busy, sometimes I can go back into, you know, not actually having that quiet time. We need to quieten our mind and just reflect, mm. okay, and ask ourselves some great questions. Am I showing up the best human being that I possibly can be? Who is it that I need to become Mm. to get where I want to be, want to go. Who do I need to hang around with? What do I need to watch? Who do I, what do I need to listen to? All those simple little things um, will help for you to, you know, to reveal what you've actually been put on this earth to do. Yeah, it's that power of quality questioning ourselves and doing that inquiry, you know, that personal internal inquiry and journaling and sitting with yourself and finding that silence and that space because I'm the same. You can get stuck in your masculine, like you're saying, go, 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 perform, perform, achieve, achieve. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, it's Friday. <laughs> I haven't taken a moment for myself. Am I really showing up as the best human I can be? And so then really taking that time, whether it's breathing, meditation, journaling, yoga, walking, like it doesn't matter how that looks it's what works for you right and I think a lot of people like you said there are these this mental chatter around can I do this can I make it happen so how can someone get comfortable with getting uncomfortable you know so many have great big giant goals and dreams but they're so afraid of stepping out into their non-comfort zone so they really never make it happen they never follow their purpose and passion or these big dreams and ideas they have and then you know they get to the end of their life and potentially regret it and my advice is just flip and do it. Right. <laughs> it would be the other word, but I won't say that on, <laughs> on your podcast. Just flip and do it because you've got nothing to lose. Mm. And I know even when it came to me speaking, speaking was my biggest fear. I'm talking, oh, my God. I literally thought I was going to pee my pants. and it was yes, just sweating. And, <laughs> and, and just, just it was just such an awful experience. And now, like, you know, speaking on stage to hundreds of people um, and do I still get nervous? 100%. But what I did was kept doing it, kept doing it, kept doing it, kept doing it. And what it does is it strengthens that that fear muscle and that starts to, each time you do it, it gets a little bit easier. With anything that we do, um, you know, you go to the gym, the first time hurts so much, mm-hmm. second time hurts just a little bit less and then before you know it, You've got really strong. Your body's changing. Um, it's like anything. It's you know anything that we want to want to do. It's exactly the same thing. We just got to put yourself. Just go for it because you've got you truly have nothing to lose. Nothing at all to lose. Yeah, and I love the saying: "Is it action takes you out of doubt, and doubt takes you out of action." <laughs> 
Exactly. And comfort and, um, you know, com- being comfortable is, you know, you know, even with so many things that we do in our life, you know, you know, our go-to is to be comfortable. Discomfort is where the growth, the expansion, um, the fulfilment, the, the finding the purpose, all those things come from when you become uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah, everything's on the other side of the comfort zone, right? Everything that we want, everything we desire. And it is, it's about getting into action, even though it's scary. And like you said, going to the gym or like something new, we're never going to be perfect or great at it when we start. And then eventually we work that muscle and we become better. So I would love to ask you a little bit more about team building because you're obviously a great leader in what you do and in your business. And it sounds like you have a lot of women that you work with. And there are a lot of women in the audience listening today that are part of like network marketing or business, like they have business building aspects to their business. So how does someone business build a team or lead the way if someone's learning how to do that in their career? Uh, What does that look like? How does someone develop more leadership skills? Because I think team building or becoming a leader is quite scary or challenging for you if you've never learned how to do that. And I and taking you back to the network marketing, it's a huge part of network marketing. It's is building a team and leading the way. I think the biggest thing that we as leaders is that we need to learn how to ask amazing quality questions. And the second thing is then to listen. Listen to hear not to respond, um, to actually really try and, you know, listen to what's being said, um, but quality questions definitely, and lead by example. So if you're going to be walking around miserable and, you know, oh, the world's against me, well, your team are going to do that. So, but if you can be energetic um, and fun and, you know, a positive influence, then your team are going to respond to that. They really are. And are they going to have days that's not going to happen? Of course. And even when you're not feeling your best, but sometimes you've got to suck it up when you're a, you know, a leader and, and still perform and, and show up as your best. I, I think that's one of the big things. But also to continually be working on yourself. If you know yourself, then you can truly impact and influence other people by the lessons and the things that you've actually learned. So, yes, asking great quality questions making sure you listen to um, hear, not to respond, for you to show up and be the example and, um, and yeah, just be and continually be working on yourself as well. You cannot stop working on yourself. You have to keep growing and expanding. Yeah, I love that. They're really great tips. And so if someone's going, well, what's a quality question? How can I learn more about asking quality questions? Is there mm-hmm. somewhere people can learn this? Or I know as a coach, we get trained how to ask questions, right? But what about the everyday person that's like, I would love to be able to ask more quality questions? Yeah, so what I always say is, because we do this with our coaching, you know, we get our uh, uh, our coaching clients to do a one-on-one meeting with their team members every week. Um, and we and we do do scripts, um, but what I always find is that just start. So you know, just start with your questions, and before you know it, you're going to you know work out what's working and what's not working. And and you know things like you know how, you know when we're looking at performance. So how do you feel you went this week? Is really getting the people you know that you're talking to to really give you the answers that you're not putting the answers into their hands, 
that they're coming up with the, 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 um, to be really solution-focused uh, instead of obstacle-focused. So what's the solution rather than sitting in the obstacle? It's something that is, you know, something that I've really learned. Sometimes, you, you know, I know I used to be like, oh, my goodness, you know, if something had gone wrong, you'd sit in the obstacle. Okay, so now we go, well, what do you think we need to do to fix that? Or, you know, when it comes to performance, how do you feel you've gone this week? What is something that you could do better? Um, and what is something that, you know, what's something that you're really proud of this week? What could you do better next week? You know, simple things like that, um, you know, just quick, easy questions, but the more you do it, the more you sit down and actually really um, sit down and have that those heart one-on-ones, uh, whether it be in a group or one-on-ones, you'll start to, you know, find the questions that really do work. But to be, get off the obstacle, go to solution always is something that I can, and always start on a positive focus. So what's your been your biggest win this week? Yeah. That's I always fun. find that just always if we can start on a positive, what's been your biggest win, win or your aha moment or your biggest learning? Mm. Or what's your biggest lesson that you've learned this week? And these are really great ways to, you know, to really start. We've got a really powerful planning process that we do run through with our team. So we're always looking at greatest achievements for the quarter, lessons learned, what's our strengths, our weaknesses, but also what are the trends that are out there in the marketplace. So we're always looking, you know, at those things as well. So um, just get in there and, you know, just start to talk to your people. Mm. And, you know, work out, really get to know them. Like, you know, you've got to, everybody says, oh, you know, they shouldn't bring their personal life to, to you know, to the business or, but but they do, you normally have more time with your team members than you do with your own family. So you need to know what's happening in their life. And if they're struggling, how can you help them? Yeah, it's that vulnerability piece that actually creates that depth and connection and trust really and be able to show up better for you and the business. Yeah, and to be able to have that trust and create certainty and safety, it's really, really important as a leader um, in building teams. It's huge. Yeah, great tips on the quality questions too. And I think it's about being curious and then and asking them questions that help them, you know, find the answer. Like you said, it's not about giving them the answer, but asking them as if they have the answer already. Exactly. That's it's, it's so true, so true. So I would say that making mistakes is all part of business. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fumbling along the way. <laughs> Tell us what's your greatest lesson biggest challenge or something that's helped you propel forward I mean there's probably a few but what has been one of your greatest challenges that's given you this ultimate lesson that you've been able to implement or use moving forward Mm, I think um so many just so everybody knows every single um mistake lesson learned failure I've had it (laughs) I've had it so um so many so many things um, but I would think that the biggest thing is the the minute that I took extreme ownership of my life, of my business, that everything that was not right was my fault, was my biggest learning. That I have to, no matter what happens, everything is my fault. Um, or if it's not my fault, then it's my responsibility. So um, I think that's been the biggest, greatest learning that I've that I've probably had in business and in life. Yeah, and taking that self-responsibility is such a game changer, like really 
taking ownership for your shit. Really. Yeah. <laughs> like, it really is. And just going, okay, how, what was my role that I played instead of pointing the finger outwards, pointed yeah. inwards and ask yourself, yeah. is it that I did? How could I have improved? How could I have shown up differently? Where did I make the error to get to this position? <laughs> And I see even like last week I actually did a delivery on ego um, for my coaching clients and they were all like, oh, gosh, you know, blame me because, you know, it's so easy to blame other people um, or distort what's really going on or attack or, you know, those the symptoms of the ego that crop up for all of us all the time. And our ego is something that we continuously have to be to be working on. Um, it's always going to be there. Um, so, yeah, so definitely that extreme ownership for me has definitely been the game changer. Yeah, that's great. I really think that's awesome. So I assume you have, while you believe in habits and rituals, and I'm assuming you have a lot of good ones yourself, and I'm going to ask you in a moment to share more about your run that you're doing, but have you, like, what's your day look like? How do you set yourself up for success? You know, I really believe success leaves clues with people. So what do you do on a daily basis to help you achieve at the level that you're at? Mm. Uh, yes, I am a, I'm a quarter to 5 a.m. in the morning girl. <laughs> um, and some people believe in that, some people don't, but it works for me. Um, so that's, I have an hour in the morning where I spend, uh, I do some breathing, I do some journaling, um, I'll have some quiet time meditation. Sometimes it's unbelievable and sometimes I really struggle with it. So, you know, just so people know, like, you know, we talk about meditation and things like that. And sometimes it can just be five minutes for me where it just might be a few little um, uh, affirmations that I do or it might even be something that I actually pop on that I just haven't got the mind space to quieten my mind down. So I have an hour in the morning where I just have me time and I love that hour. It's so good. Just do my breath work, a lot of gratitude, um, journaling, and then I always do my exercise in the morning. So I have an hour of exercise. This is my normal life at the moment. It's a little bit different because I'm getting ready for the run. Um, always make sure I eat and fuel my body really well. Um, you, you can't show up as your best if you're feeding yourself shit. Um, and that's it's it's so important that you know that we do fuel our body with fresh fruits, vegetables, great you know fiber and protein and all the things that make us really healthy. Because every bit of food that goes into us becomes part of us. Mm. A lot of people don't realize that. And 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 yes, of course I have an ice cream on the weekend, or you know we'll go and have a splurge. You know if we go away for the weekend, all those that's fine, mm. but. You know, you know that ninety percent of the time, you know that I do eat well, lots of water, um, and yeah. So that's my routine. And then when I get into bed at the end end of the day, I'm always, you know, just ask my question: Did I show up as my best today? And what could I do better tomorrow? Um, and then just what am I grateful for? And it's quite often a conversation that we'll have at the dinner table with the kids. Well, they get cranky with me and go, oh, mum, you know what I mean? But they always do it. Um, But it's making them just look at it, look at life and be thinking about things because we just go through life so unconsciously. And, you know, we really, we're very lucky. Um, You know, we're not in a country that, is war-torn or, um, you know, there's an abundance of living here in Australia. We're so blessed um, and, you know, you know, just to be really conscious of just even, oh, I'm sitting here safe, you know, oh. just 
I'm safe. I've got a healthy body. My brain works beautifully. I get to drink fresh water. All those simple, I get to lay on a silk pillowcase at night. Simple little things that sometimes we just don't even know are there. Um, so always, you know, gratitude's definitely a thing. Uh, if I get it, if, you know, I've had a busy day, I always make sure that I do take some time for some breathing, obviously. Um, a long time I didn't breathe properly. I didn't know how to breathe. No one had ever shown me. And I don't think until it's pointed out, um, most people don't know how to breathe properly. So, um, yeah, so fairly, I've got a fairly strict routine, a lot of exercise, um, you know, healthy exercise. Um, I'm a big sunrise girl. I basically nearly see, I would say, 300 sunrises out of a year. So it's one of my favourite things. Um, so, yeah, so very simple little things, just making sure I'm healthy um, and I have some quiet time for me. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, simple and effective. Would you say you go to bed early then? If you, oh, you gosh, bed? yeah, I go to bed. At 4.45, yeah. is that what you said? Five, yeah, so I go to bed early. I'm in bed at 9 o'clock, 9, 9.30 at the absolute latest. I always read before I go to bed. Um, I listen to podcasts, um, all those simple little things that can just get, uplift you if you need it. Um, yeah, so I've, I guess I've, fair, I've got some fairly good habits in my life. Yeah, awesome. So are you? what are you reading at the moment? What's in your ears or what are you reading? Oh, I've got, there's so many things. Um, Same. <laughs> literally, I'm like, I am obsessed with, um, yeah, like it's ridiculous. But the, probably the biggest book that's had the, the, the biggest impact on me was Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Um, and it's 13 principles. And what he did was interviewed 500 self-made millionaires and actually got a list of what those, you know, what I've made these principles and it was the power of suggestion and uh, masterminds. And you see that a lot with a lot of, you know, with Kerwin we have masterminds and the power of a group um, uh, um, desire and faith, you know, things like that. Um, it's been, it's probably had the greatest impact on me and it's always, I've read it about three or four times and sometimes I'll just go to a chapter and, um, just read, you know, you know, something that I just need to hear right at that moment. But I, Robert Sharman, I love all his books, The 5am Club, The Miracle Morning, um, Pauline New, she's got The Spiritual Entrepreneur, um, Atomic Habits, I'm reading that one at the moment. I've got so many books, it's ridiculous. I'm actually a bit of a, The Big Leap, I'm a, a bit obsessed with, obsessed with learning and I always try and spend at least half an hour, if not an hour, on learning something new each day. Yeah, I'm the same. I'm always reading so many books. I've actually set myself a goal from Christmas to Christmas to read as many books as I can. So I'm, I think I'm on my sixth book now, like since yeah. So really powerful. Like if we actually make the time each day, you know, half an hour, 10 pages, whatever it is, you can actually read a book every week to fortnight very easily. Oh, easily. And there's so many learnings. In so, there's so much wisdom out there now. Yeah. I love it. I love reading. It's probably one of my favourite things to do. Me too. So let's dive into, before we wrap things up, the Ripple of Kindness project. I saved this to last because I thought it would be the best way to close because it's something I'm sure you're incredibly connected to and passionate about. And this is going to be one heck of a challenge from what I have my brief understanding. So <laughs> let's tell the audience a little bit more about what it is, what you're doing, what your team's doing, and potentially how they can get involved, the audience as well. So the Ripple of Kindness projects, um, you know, 
It started a couple of years ago. We had a beautiful little girl called Lily um, who um, we were doing a fundraiser for her and uh, and just before we did the fundraiser, she she actually passed away suddenly and unexpectedly. Now, she had leukaemia basically nearly her whole life. She went into remission then she got it back again and she had to have a heart and lung transplant and she was waiting to have that and then she passed away. She just had a really bad, um, just a couple of weeks and she just, she passed away and it was just really like, oh, my goodness, like this is awful. And it's where the Ripple of Kindness project actually started. Um, So we did a fundraiser for her and we gave the parents um, the money that we raised And her mum had beautiful uh, brooches made up for everybody in the family with the money and has her ashes in it. And she's actually given me one a couple of weeks ago for me to wear on my run. So it's pretty amazing. But that is the backstory. But so then the ripple of kindness, the first thing that we did is I shaved my head two years ago with my girlfriend, Margie, um, and we raised $27,000 for Love Your Sister Foundation and our local chemist which kept the local kinesis going for a whole month. Now, we have 346 people in just my small town on their books. I was, like, blown away. And we kept that them going for one month, and that was paying for accommodation and fuel and all those things that some people don't have the funds for because, believe it or not, it's a very expensive exercise if you get sick. Um, so then I went, oh, my goodness, Lily, I know what her mum went through. Um, and the Leukemia Foundation helped them a hell of a lot. So I'm, I'm raising funds for four foundations. Um, Leukemia Foundation carries Beanie for Brain Cancer um, and uh, Bandage Bears, which is the Children's Hospital in Sydney, and um, my local can assist again because these foundations, uh, and the reason being is leukemia and brain cancer are still the, the, the two top killers in children. Um, two number one, you know, two the, the number two can, cancer killers. Um, but also what people don't realise is when a child gets sick, mum and dad, you know, especially when you're from the country, have to move their life down there. Um, they've got to pay for accommodation. Plus they've also got to pay for all their expenses here. Mum's generally off work. Dad's trying to keep everybody afloat. Like it's just awful what families actually have to go through and a lot of people have to end up bankrupt, sell their houses, all those things, and it's so much added pressure um, on families. And so so for me, the reason Leukemia Foundation um, is that they they give a lot of funds for paying for accommodation because Jody said they paid for all their accommodation when they were in Sydney with um, Lily. Amazing. She, they were down there for a long time. Um, Carrie, as we know, does a lot of work on trying to find a cure for brain cancer. So if we can find a cure, well, that's going to be amazing. That's what we need to happen. We need to find a cure. Um, the Children's Hospital, we, you know, they, I, I know I've had a little stint down there with one of my children. They do a lot. You know, they, they, you know, they do so many things to help the stay uh, better for um, they've got cheap accommodation there for families um, and then our local can assist they support anyone that's got cancer but they're you know they, they're they going to make sure the funds go towards the children in town that have got you know that are sick 
Um, so they're the foundations that I've chosen. So what I'm doing is I'm running from my hometown of Parks um, to Sydney Westmead Children's Hospital. It's 355 kilometres. I'm doing it over 11 days. It's been a two-year process. I'm four, week, four weeks, three days on running out um, because I started training two years ago and I actually got injured. injured. So I had to have six months off. Then we were ready to go again and then COVID hit. So it's been such a big process. I can't wait for it to happen. It's it's the closest it's been now. I'm ready to go. Third time lucky, hey? Yeah, yeah, third time lucky. Um, so far we've already raised, I think, $25,000. Yeah, so with sponsorships and, you know, it, anybody can help. They can jump onto the Facebook page, the Ripple of Kindness Project, um, and, you know, support the page. I can share the posts. And um, when I get running, just I just want everybody to just share everything. People can kindly donate if that's what they want to do. Uh, no pressure. Uh, there's people that I've seen have, you know, made a donation of $5. Like, and and that's, it makes a big difference. It all counts. You don't have to be giving millions of dollars or anything like that. But my goal is to get to $100,000. So to give each foundation 25 k um, and I think that'll be a really big contribution to trying to make a difference, you know, to these. And we know that Leukemia Foundation, they're, they're, you know, lots of breakthroughs. Carrie's doing a lot of work for breakthroughs with brain, brain cancer as well. Um, so, yeah, so that's my goal. It's huge. Um, I've already worked out what my next one, my next uh, pledge is going to be once this one's out of the road. I haven't actually worked out what the activity is going to be, uh, so I'll I'll keep that little secret. Um, but um, yeah, so it's a really big thing. I can't wait for it to happen. Lots of people are supporting me. I've got to have a vehicle in front of me, a vehicle behind, plus a support car that comes with me. Um, which is my father-in-law's Winnebago. Love um, it. I love it. Yeah. So I've got to have food. I've got to have ice baths. I've got there's so much, like, that goes into something like this, yeah. And then I'm going to actually come to the Gold Coast for a break. Yay! So. That's exciting. <laughs> well, I will leave in the show notes links and things for people to have a look and be able to, even if they just support you in a sense of sharing what you're up to yeah. and cheer you on because gives me goosebumps listening to that you know it's such a beautiful thing to do and you are so genuine about what you're wanting to do so it's really special so what date is the actual race yes we run out on the 12th of april awesome yeah Yeah. so we'll we'll be live next week from this so everyone will hear this and um be a part of it so that's amazing so is there i mean today's been gold and i've absolutely loved having you on the show and i've loved that we've connected and made this little friendship that's just blossoming (laughs) so is there anything else you'd love to leave us with today that we haven't covered um Oh goodness me! I know I'm 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 oh geez I'm just trying to think. I guess um, oh well I guess you know people if they really would love to jump onto my podcast, living your best life. I've got a beautiful podcast. I've had some special guests, including yourself um, and Jessica and Kerwin and there's Pauline. I've got some amazing, amazing, amazing content in my podcast, living your best life. Um, so if anybody wants to jump over and have a little listen, love to hear some feedback. Um, but other than that, I'm just very grateful that thank you so much, Beck, for having me because it's just thank you so much. I've just loved having our conversations. It's been really well. Sometimes you just click with somebody. Yeah. 
And you're definitely one of those people. And we've got the same name. Like, I know. That must be it. <laughs> For sure. And our beautiful blonde hair too. <laughs> I'm just I'm just very um, grateful that you've had me as a, a guest and for me to be able to share the Ripple of Kindness project is really big for me. Yeah, thank you. And I wanted to have you on especially for that reason as well so that we could share what you were up to to an audience, you know, big. So thank you so much again. I'm grateful that we've connected and I know that our friendship's just going to keep on growing. So where can people find you online? What's your handles? Do you have a website? Like where are you at? Yes, so um, they can find me for the Ripple of Kindness Project, obviously Facebook page, Ripple of Kindness Project. Um, other than that, Instagram, um, Rebecca Miller, Zing Coach, um, and also because I am the skin whisperer as well, so I actually still look after a lot of people's skin. I've got a Skin uh, Fit 90 program um, where we look after people's skin all around Australia, so Rebecca Miller, the skin whisperer as well. Um, so that's where you'll always find me. Instagram's where it's at really, isn't it? Totally. <laughs> hang out, right? I'll leave it all in the show notes anyway so people can find you easily. But thank you again for being on the show today and sharing so much wisdom and connecting with everyone. Thank you, Beck. Thank you so much for having me. Now, I probably say this every episode, but wow. (laughs) And I think that's because I am just so blessed to engage with such incredible humans. But Rebecca just blows my mind. She is just such an inspiration and doing incredible things for others. So do check out her page and follow her journey in the next couple of weeks as she prepares to do this massive run to Sydney. It is huge. And wanting to achieve such a great goal for others is just mind-blowing. So I do hope you enjoyed the episode with Rebecca today. And it would mean the world, as I always say, to take a screenshot, pop it up in your stories and share it with your audience and tag me as well so I can see that you are tuning in and listening. Sometimes you wonder who it is that is on the other end of the audio. So it's really great to see and I can share it in my stories too. And if you're new around here, welcome. I am so grateful to have you and thank you for tuning in. I really hope that you got a lot out of today's episode and I hope that you enjoy the rest of your day. I look forward to connecting more soon.